Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z, the ultimate guide for real estate investors. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. We cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments. Tune in every week for experts' insights and tips so you can make your commercial real estate dreams come true. And in today's episode, we are covering one of the most popular asset classes today, and that is industrial. We're going to be talking about why is there an opportunity in online lead generation within commercial real estate? What are some areas that you can be investing in in industrial that are showing very good, solid returns and low vacancy rates? We are chatting with Max Fisher, an industrial broker with BRD Realty. Here we go. Max, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you making the time. You were highly recommended by my dear friend, Chad Griffiths, who has been here a few times already. And we thought it would be great to have a little more conversation around industrial. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, so thanks for having me on. My area of expertise is industrial real estate within Tucson, Arizona. So the bulk of my work is leasing and sales of business parks, industrial land, industrial user buildings, distribution, manufacturing type of space. And then I also invest on the side as well. Usually brokers don't really invest. And that's very good that you're doing that because you guys have access to the best deals. Uh, <laughs> yep. So why do you think there's opportunity in online lead generation within commercial real estate. And of course, I think there is a discrepancy right now with the people that have been in real estate for a while. And I don't know if discrepancy is the proper word, but there's the old school people that they've never done social media and they're not used to it. And the, the newer people are doing that. And uh, some people are doing TikToks and Instagram videos and things like that. But let's dive into this question because I think it's very relevant today. So when I got into commercial real estate, I noticed that most of the brokers are boomers or over the age of 40 or 50. And they are using kind of the classic lead generation models of cold calling, uh, networking, door knocking. And while those methods do work and you can be very successful with those um, lead generating models, I thought there was a lot of opportunity with online lead gen as well. So what I did is I built a website called industrialtucson.com. You can check it out. And I started promoting that website on Google. And so the whole idea was people are going online to search for industrial real estate or commercial real estate. And so I wanted to be the first site to pop up. Well, in 2019, that proved to be true. And I started generating a ton of leads. I earned my first six-figure commission from a Google lead. I've never spent more than 300 bucks a month on Google AdWords, and then also my website shows up organically through SEO, which means search engine optimization. So it's basically just taking a model that's used in every other type of industry, including residential, 
but applying it to commercial real estate where no one else is doing it. Brilliant. I love it. I know that it takes time to get the proper ads going for the proper ROI. Did it take you a minute? Did you educate yourself on online ads? How did it go? So for the first, I would say year or two, I was just doing it organically. I wasn't even paying for ads because I was starting wow. commercial real estate and I didn't have any money. So it was just showing up organically. Um, and then I started paying for ads in 2019. And I wish I would have done that sooner because it kind of just like fast forward um, my lead generation. But how were you showing up organically? Were you writing blog posts? That's a lot of work to show up on top. Well, um, first of all, there's not much competition in commercial real estate for SEO. So the bar has already been set pretty low. Yeah. But then, yes, um, writing blog posts and then taking those posts, posting them on to, say, LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, that would drive traffic to my site. And then Google started ranking me higher because I had more traffic on my website. Very cool. Let's move on to where do you think there is opportunity for investing in the industrial market right now? Yeah, so it's it's a tough time to invest in commercial real estate right now, uh, mostly because interest rates and the banking world is completely different and seller expectations are different today um, from when they, where they were a year or two ago. But um, two deals that I've recently invested in, they're both land deals and they're both infill sites. So these are sites that are zoned industrial, but they also have um, the ability to build some retail. So with Mm. the first one, it was split up into four parcels, two industrial and then two retail pads for like drive-thrus or any other type of retail uses. So one of those pads is in escrow now and the buyer has gone hard. So that's done well. The other one um, we bought for pretty cheap because we bought it when the seller had it in escrow with the self-storage developer and then the self-storage developer backed out. And then that was also during a time where the Fed kept raising rates and the economy seemed like it was going pretty south. So we picked that one up for pretty cheap. So I think like infill industrial land, and I'm also just a big believer in uh, flex business parks, um, you know, small to medium bay, class B, class C type of industrial. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy because you must have a plan B and C. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you can build retail, does that mean that you're buying industrial much closer to the city? Because that retail will have to be leased if you have to, you know, get retail tenants there. How do you approach that? So I, you know, part of the appeal to me is we're buying basically at an industrial price and then selling part of that property at a retail price, which is higher. So these are in areas where there's a lot of, upcoming industrial development in both of these areas where we bought these two parcels of land there's a lot of industrial development either you know where they're tilting walls right now or there's proposed projects that are coming up or spec projects that have already been leased so i feel like we're ahead of the curve just enough to buy it at a good price 
but also where there's enough, enough activity and employment and traffic to drive retailers to these sites within the next you know, couple of years. So to make sure that I understand completely, these retail spaces will be serving all of the industrial employees of that industrial area. Exactly. And there, there will be a lot of activity and traffic you know, to these employers, these industrial employers over the next year or two. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I have a feeling that every person in whatever asset class they're on, they feel like the cat is out of the bag. Everybody's in my asset class, right? Multifamily, self-storage, industrial. Is industrial being overbuilt right now, do you think? And where do you see the lease rates going? Let's elaborate a bit on that for the people that want to focus in industrial because it is also a very popular asset class right now. So when I think of industrial being overdeveloped, I think there's two different types of industrial product. I think there's small to medium bay, and then there's the bigger stuff. So the small to medium bay stuff really hasn't been built. So I don't think it's been being overbuilt. I think that there's a supply issue. And even in some instances, these business parks are being demolished and redeveloped for mixed use or other types of uses. But I do think in the bigger base, maybe in some other markets, some bigger markets where there's a lot of land and there's a lot of spec development, you know, possibly being overbuilt, but I'm very confident in business parks and I don't think they're being overbuilt. And that's why I like class B, class C industrial business parks. The biggest thing that I personally would be scared of is, you know, having one or two spaces uh, and have one or two tenants can you share how one would approach if they have a vacant space and of course i know it depends on the market and demand and everything else but have you seen people lose properties because a tenant has left and they it took a, a few years to get another tenant how would you make sure as much as you can that that does not happen with your property you know, I haven't seen it in industrial. Our vacancy here is less than 2%. So I, I, I really happening. don't see that <laughs> happening too much now. I mean, you know, maybe in the bigger stuff, like I touched on earlier, but I just don't see that happening in, you know, small to medium bay industrial. That's awesome. So uh, you touched a bit on how the banking turmoil is affecting industrial, but let's dive a little bit deeper on that subject, if you can, are industrial properties being sold, bought, built? Can you elaborate? It's, I would say transaction volume for industrial sales right now are, you know, maybe a fraction of what they were a couple years ago. So, you know, part of it is the banking turmoil. Banks are tightening, but then also the other aspect of it is interest rates. So, you know, to buy a property, that you were buying two years ago, your debt is much more expensive today. That's making it more challenging to buy, you know, lease investments. And that's part of the reason I bought those two land sites. So what is happening to the people that have these three, five, seven year loans that were fixed and they're coming up right now? I don't know that it'll affect industrial too bad because rents have gone up. 
and there's just there's no vacancy. So I think that'll hit, you know, office. And I think there'll be some pain in the office market. Retail, I think, is a mixed bag. You may see some pain, you know, in, in your bigger box spaces. But, you know, generally speaking, retail strong, industrial strong. So there may be some pain with those who are very leveraged in industrial, but we haven't seen it yet. And until that day comes, I don't think there'll be too much pain. So let's move on to your specialty, uh, leasing industrial space. And I would love to hear what are some of the things that we should keep in mind as property owners to make sure that we put on the lease as some things that are really non-negotiable with regards to industrial. Yeah, I would say having space already clean and marketable for those prospects is most important. One of the things that we actually do is we know that tenants want more warehouse than office. So sometimes when a space comes available and there's more office build out, just demo it out before you even take it out to market. Another key thing for industrial, if there's some way that you can build some type of yard or industrial outdoor storage to complement that building, that's a great value add to a property. You can even get higher rates and take some unused land and uh, just create some more income that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think overall, just creating a space that's clean and marketable to your prospect with mostly warehouse, less office is key. But is there anything within the, the actual lease that you think is important for property owners to keep in mind with regards to leasing to the tenants? You know, I, I think every tenant's different. We kind of have a general lease form. So, you know, if a tenant pushes back on some things, be flexible. You know, maybe, maybe CPI increases mm -hmm. <laughs> in this yeah. environment. Definitely. Well, Max, thank you so much for joining us. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, I'm on Twitter, Max Fisher RE, and then from there, find other links. My website's industrialtucson.com. You can check me out there as well. I've got a blog page. I blog about the industrial market. Well, thank you so much, Max. I really appreciate you making the time. Thank you, Stephanie. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our investing club at monicarlorei.com slash investors so you can be the very first person to know about our future investments and don't forget to use coupon code summit20 at aresummit.com for our conference featuring Ken McElroy, Mark Moss, Neil Bawa, Beth Azor, the canvassing queen, and many other amazing, highly successful investors. And they will give us advanced real estate investing tips amongst many other really cool topics we're going to cover in our conference. In October, it's in a hotel right next to LAX with a free shuttle, making your life super, super easy because I know how painful it is to <laughs> travel far or to cities that don't have straight flights from you. So this is going to be in Los Angeles and I really cannot wait to meet all of you in person. And I will see you next time.